come to jasonnewland.com. My name is Jason Newland and this is I Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. Today is Yawny Day. It's Monday, the 21st of December 2020. Yeah. I had a, a message. But yeah, again, I've having problems with my messenger, with my Facebook on my phone. So I'm going to remove the app and see whether or not adding it again will make any difference. Because I did that with the messenger and it didn't seem to do anything. Facebook. So let's add it again and see. Because I can't read the messages unless I can do it on my phone because the iPad's being used to record this recording. So there. Alright, it's nearly done. So before I go further, I'd like to thank Katie for her PayPal gift. Thank you very much. And if you would like to send me a PayPal gift, uh, my PayPal address is, or the 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 other address is paypal.me forward slash jason newland paypal.me forward slash jason newland the link is on my website yes 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 so let me have a look where's facebook Uh, i'm so tired Facebook. Let's see if it works properly. Who's watching the conjunction tonight? I don't know what the conjunction is. What's that? All right. It's not even opening the page now. Content not found. Oh, blimey, mate. Ah, so there you go. So I had a message. I had a couple of messages. I can't read them out because my phone is not. I don't know what's going on actually. There doesn't seem any logical reason for that to be happening. 
I did get a message on Facebook the other day saying there's some European internet laws or whatever that, that they're abiding by and it's affecting the app. <coughs> That's what I remember anyway. Yeah, still feeling a little bit iffy. A little bit iffy. But that's okay. It's a weird time of year. The, you know... Yeah, just a strange... Strange time of year. So, my favourite part of the end of the year is... The end. Literally, New Year's Eve. That's my favourite... Uh, night. Not of the year, but of the... Pretty well. It's it's the ending and then the new beginnings. I like that. So I like there's like three times of the year that I quite like. Uh, what two are very specific and one is like a, an area. <laughs> if that makes sense. So there's New Year's Eve leading to New Year's Day. So that's like one. Like a new start. Then there's my birthday. Uh, kind of. That's also the beginning of a new year. A new year in my life. I know the beginning of a new year for like all of us at the same time. But your birthday is the new year. It's a new year in your life, isn't it? And so basically it's two new years every year. Like the Queen has two birthdays. I'm talking about the English Queen. As opposed to a Queen that may be from another country. So, got to be specific. Queen uh, Victor Victoria. You see, I used to... I used to go and visit my dad at Christmas... The thing that annoyed me, the only thing that, not annoyed me, but I always watched the Christmas, the, the Queen's speech, which is fine, you know, I've got, um, I've seen it, I generally don't watch it, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's on every year, it's a tradition, but my tradition is to watch Top of the Pops. Every Christmas, it was usually on about one o'clock, two o'clock, sometime. Usually, or quite often, it coincided with dinner, with lunch, Christmas dinner. And to me, Top of the Pops was more important than a Christmas dinner because, like in the old days, you know, if you go back. 15 years or 20 years before Top of the Pops stopped being on telly normally it used to be on every Thursday evening and then Christmas you'd get to find out who's Christmas number one now Top of the Pops isn't on anymore but they still show it once a year Christmas Day uh, on BBC One so I look forward to it it's one of those one of the few things I actually look forward to over the Christmas period is obviously 
know, Christmas poo uh, and watch him top of the pops. So if I, yeah, I remember, couldn't always get to watch it if I visited. I mean, now, of course, we can watch stuff on playback and you know, stream it on the the app or whatever, the television app, so we can not really ever miss anything unless it's live. You want to watch it live. I don't know if the Top of the Pops was live, though. On Christmas, I can't probably not actually, probably not. But I used to look forward to watching it, and I remember me and my little brother. We used to sort of eat our dinners so we could go and watch Top of the Pops. And nobody can ever accuse me of not being boring. And that was a boring story. <laughs> really was a boring story. I, I'm trying to think of Christmases from the past. And then Christmases in the future that I'd like to have. Thinking of Christmases in the future, I don't particularly want to have the Christmas I'm about to have, because it's just another another boring Christmas, really. Um, and in a way, I'd quite like to visit family after not being able to see anyone for pretty much a year. I'd like to do that but it's you know it's not going to happen this year so next year I don't know next year maybe I'll try and maybe rent a caravan closer to where my dad lives so I could visit and have Christmas dinner there leave Andre in a caravan and then yeah maybe do something like that I don't actually know but something yeah something indeed I quite like to I was watching television program about Christmas at the Savoy Hotel and I quite like the idea of having Christmas at the Savoy Hotel however forgetting the cost you know uh, of staying there which would be thousands of pounds forgetting that part of it forgetting the reality of it if I was there on my own, I think it would be extra lonely in a way because I'd be in a hotel room, I wouldn't have any of my stuff around me, I wouldn't have Andre here, I wouldn't, you know, just sometimes even just having your own TV or my punch bag or 
me um, a table or me my bed that I sleep in. There's that you know, it's a bit of comfort there, which is different from what I would get in a hotel. Uh, if everybody does what I do in a hotel bed, then I I really don't want to sleep in a hotel bedroom in a bed but try to forget that stuff when you're sleeping there I know I do and I wear plastic and I don't know if it sounds like I think if I was with somebody special somebody average just some just just somebody you know like a girlfriend or wife or you know someone to spend Christmas with there's no one in my life that I'd like to spend no one that's in my you know day to day life that I would want to spend Christmas with in a hotel because I don't have any girlfriends. I have friends that are female. I've got um, a couple of male friends. That's it. And I wouldn't want to spend. I was want to spend time in a hotel room with them either. Maybe one night if I was getting drunk, and, and I don't. I don't mean. I should reword that. I've slept in a bed with men before. Okay, that sounds weird as well. It's not. It's not weird, but um, a couple of men I've slept in a bed with, and it's it's like sleeping in a bed with your brother, really, you know. And Andre was one of the only people I did that with, and I think I did it not Andre the ferret, but his his namesake, who he was named after, Andre. Uh, my best friend back in the 90s and he yeah slept in a bed with him when we first when I first moved to Ireland and I slept in a bed with my friend in Wales and I still don't know why because he had a wife yeah I was asleep and he just crept in no he didn't he just I think he had an argument with her or something. It might be an argument over me staying over. I don't know if he cleared it with her or not, but I travelled all the way from London to... Which isn't a long way, to be fair. London to Wales isn't a long journey on a train. Which is weird, because... When I went to Wales as a kid, we were travelling all day long all day long for about 32 hours or something but when I went there from London on King's Cross or Euston wherever it was to I don't know whatever Wales well you know to Wales basically it wasn't a long journey I'm not even sure if it was two hours long 
might have been more, but it wasn't a long journey compared to how I remember. And I went there a couple of times to visit him. And I also went to Wales on a Buddhist retreat as well. But that was a lot of train stops because I was going to a specific destination, which was quite rural. But when I went to Wales to see my friend, I just went to a train station and he picked me up in his car. And he got out of the car first and met me at the train station and then walked me to where the car was because I, I didn't know where it was. I needed his guidance with that. And then we went back to his place, which was on a... I mean, he literally lived in the valleys. I mean, couldn't believe how steep the valleys were. I thought, I don't know, when I thought of valleys, I thought of the valleys being like the hills where people like walk. I didn't think people actually live in them. Like, so far, you know, at such an angle, but yeah. He lived at, I, think, I don't think they live actually, they live at the bottom. He lived at the bottom of a valley. It's a beautiful house, and so his he was a friend that I made in I think I might have stayed three times because unless I stayed over for more than one night, actually I probably might have done because I remember sleeping in the living room anyway um. He, we met each other at the NLP training, the Neuro Linguistic Programming Training in 1998, March 98. And we just hit it off, became really good friends. And he started his own training company and I helped him out a little bit. He invited me up to help out with some training. I didn't really do much, but I was there, and it was quite nice to be invited. And I used to speak to him quite regularly, and he used to have me laughing so much. Uh, but lost contact. So I've, I've stayed in contact with him all the way up from 98 until 2001. In 2001, he disappeared just lost contact with him completely I moved and I think he moved at the same time so yeah that was a bit strange but I would I classed him as one of my best friends actually at the time and you know he was he was quite a go-getter really he wanted to get things done and he wanted to be successful and I quite like that I quite you know I, I suppose I kind of wanted to maybe benefit from his success maybe hoped that his success would rub off on me a little bit I don't know maybe I do remember though there was one of the weekends 
or it might not be the weekend, it might be week. In fact, it probably wasn't weekends because I was busy. So probably during the week, I went and visited them and there was the petrol strike. Now in two, I think this was 2000, we had nationwide petrol strikes or a petrol shortage, something like that. And the the petrol stations were limiting the amount of petrol that people could have. So there were queues and queues and queues of cars to the petrol stations all over the country. Now, admittedly, I didn't travel all over the country to find this out, but we, we had news and I saw you know, the news about it. And the weird thing about it, people were queuing, not like properly, some people were actually queuing across the roundabout. Seriously, they were stationed on a roundabout queuing, blocking the traffic. And both two particular days I remember when these this whole thing happened. One I was in Wales and wasn't sure if I was even going to be able to get home because it affected all transport and I think it was snowing as well I added that I'm not sure if it was there was a dragonfly following me around like a fart that wouldn't go away I don't know that wasn't true and the second time was in London and it was yeah it was it had a a very big event happening in the family and that went didn't go particularly to plan because of it because of the traffic so yeah I remember that I don't know if it was petrol shortage or let me have a look. I'm going to Google this. Going to Google it. There's nothing you can do about it. Going to do it. Let me just check. Google, um, petrol shortage 2000. Fuel protests. Ah, here we go. This is this is um, eight days that shook Britain. This is two thousand. Yeah, you ready for this? We caught the government. This is the escalating protests over fuel prices that caught the government, the media and the motorists on the hop. So here we go. 
Thursday the 7th of September. As the price of crude oil nudges $35 a barrel, a litre of fuel in the UK looks set to rise by 2 pence. Already paying about 80 pence a litre, the highest petrol prices in the developed world, motoring groups react with anger. Inspired by the successful protests in France a week earlier. What, French? Protesting? I've never heard anything like it. Surely not. Protests in France? (laughs) And um, about 100 farmers and lorry drivers from Wales and northwest England blockade the Stanlow Shell oil refinery in Cheshire. So, as you can see, this this uh, motor all just lots of proper problems, uh, traffic wise. And uh, farmers for action chairman David Hanley warns the protest may escalate into a winter of unrest. It didn't. So this is eighth of September. Public anger begins to sweep the country. Because the newspapers and the, the the news bulletins and the TV were telling people that they should be anger angry. More than one hundred lorries stage a go slow protest on the A1 before blockading the Texaco refinery in Pembroke. Ah, uh, that's why there was queues at the, the petrol stations, the petrol um, garages and stuff, is because the deliveries weren't getting through. Ah, now I remember, makes sense. So, it was, it wasn't the public that were blockading and, you know, it was the, I guess the people in the industry or some people, but then because of that, the fall on effect was public were being told that the deliveries were not getting through to the petrol stations and the petrol stations were likely to run out of petrol hence the massive queues of cars wanting to get petrol or needing to get petrol so they kind of I guess in a way they They escalated it themselves. Uh, the the press basically by telling people, "Oh, by the way, don't panic." But everyone else is getting panic buying. But don't panic buy. And as soon as you hear that people are panic buying, you realise that the stuff you need generally is not going to be in the shops or in the petrol station because people are buying it. Therefore, you go along and you get classed as a panic buyer when actually you didn't start the panic, they started the panic. If suddenly, if you're in a restaurant and it's uh, a buffet, a buffet, and a rumour goes around saying there's not going to be any more cheese and tomato pizza coming out. It's the last pizza. 
and that particularly is your favourite, you're going to be running up there like a rugby player knocking people over. Well, maybe not, but Saturday the 9th of September, although the protests testers are not actively preventing tanker drivers from leaving the refineries, the vehicles stand idle and empty. Ah. So, some of the drivers of the tankers, the reason they're leaving is they felt reluctant to cross the unofficial picket lines. But the oil companies instructed them to stay put. So the oil companies were instructing the tankers to stay at home and not to deliver because they were concerned for their safety. Wow. Sunday the 10th of September, ministers from the 11 OPEC oil producing countries agreed to pump an extra 800,000 barrels a day to bring down prices. Chancellor Gordon Brown flatly refuses to be swayed by the disruption, saying decisions are made in budgets, not blockades. Nervous motorists, motorists start stockpiling fuel, yeah, causing a run on petrol, which in turn sparks yet more panic buying. Yeah, that's how I remember it. This is 20 years ago, by the way. So I remember it. Ambulance drivers in Staffordshire are instructed to stick to 55, 55 miles per hour on non-emergency call-outs in an effort to save petrol. Uh, Monday, the 11th of September... Lorry drivers in Edinburgh and Liverpool, taxi drivers, stage go slows through the streets of their respective cities. The Privy Council and the Queen sanctions the use of emergency powers to control the distribution of fuel. As public support builds, not with me it wasn't, even the organisers of the original blockade are taken by surprise. It just happened, farmer Richard Haddock tells BBC News Online when asked how the protests spread across the UK. BBC News Online. I don't think there was such a thing in 2000. I think they're making that little bit up. I mean, there was an internet and there was, I'm sure there was a BBC news website, but it probably wasn't great and it was probably not very quick, it was quite slow in fact, so I'm not sure they put that much effort into their website as they do now, I may be wrong. Tuesday the 12th of September, government ministers hold a series of crisis meetings on getting fuel out of the refineries and under contingent contingency powers 
they can direct oil companies to designate petrol stations to supply emergency and essential services only. So some petrol stations, they gave priority to ambulances and which I think they should anyway, shouldn't they really? But uh, emergency services, so maybe closed down for the normal general public. Motorists' tempers flare at the few remaining petrol stations with fuel stocks as forecourt staff try to ration purchases to £5 worth of petrol each. Really? That's, that's enough to get you home, isn't it? A total of 280 tankers leave depots. And this is Wednesday the 13th of September around the UK in addition to the 60 which pulled out on Tuesday night just a fraction of the 3,000 deliveries typically made each day more than 90% of petrol stations have run dry if I remember the I think There was uh, I'm pretty sure that a lot of employees employers let people stay at home, let them have the day off or do whatever a couple of days off because they couldn't get to work, and the trains were so busy and overpacked that the trains couldn't handle it either. So this is Wednesday the 13th of September. Some 200 truckers park up along Park Lane. Oh, handy name for a park lane, to be called Park Lane. Bringing parts of central London to a standstill. Yeah, well done. Food rationing returns to Britain as panic buying shifts to supermarkets yeah so this is like a a precursor to what happened earlier this year so deliveries weren't getting to the supermarkets because they didn't have the petrol to fill the, the lorries plus there was lorry drivers and taxi drivers blockading roads which wound me up and so apparently some shops are bare of bread and milk so there was uh, panic buying or what I would call sensible buying preparing if you know that there's not going to be any deliveries next week you get your food now for next week and possibly the week after as well to cover yourself it's called learning learning the NHS is put on red alert which means at a moment's notice all hospitals must be ready to cancel all but emergency cases 
Wow, so that's Wednesday the 13th of September. The last day of it is 14th of September, Thursday. Most protesters call off the blockades. So they say, that's enough now. We've caused enough problems for the world. Saying they have made their point loud and clear. Rot in hell. <laughs> While Mr Blair welcomes the end... Prime Minister, he again rules out capitulating, capitulating to protesters' demands for tax cuts to bring the price of fuel down. As the petrol drought forces drivers onto public transport, bus companies across the country curtail services to conserve dwindling fuel stocks. So basically, lots of people start using buses and the bus services stop going to the places that people need them to go to. It's dumb, dumber and even dumber, that whole situation. So if that only happened once, if that only happened once, yeah. there's been there's been petrol shortages loads of times over the years in the UK of England. But that's the one that I remember. And if it was just that one week, then that must have all happened in one week. The two things that I remember, going to Wales and the other thing that I... that I attended... Uh, that I attended... And that was in London, and there were blockades, and there was people parked on roundabouts. And it's just... If you wouldn't do it on a normal day, don't do it then. You know, don't do it... If you wouldn't normally do it, don't do it. Parking on a roundabout, I ask you. What's a roundabout? <laughs> I don't know, I just read about it. What's a roundabout? <laughs> I am a roustabout Drifting from town to town No one can hold me down I'm just a knockabout guy Ooh, ooh Oh, let's have a little drink Mmm Oh dear So I, um, yeah, that was that year. I mean, technically, that was an okay year. Technically, I think 99, 98 and 99 were two of my favourite years. 98 and 99. 
Um, in some ways, they were, yeah, two of my best years as an adult. Since then, ninety six parts of ninety six were pretty good, ish, I suppose, in some ways. Two thousand and one, yeah, there was. It was okay, but there was, you know, a weird year, very weird year. I got made, yeah, I got, uh, not abolished, evicted. I got, uh, you are abolished. I got evicted from my place that I was living in. I'd been for four years, I think. And suddenly I had to, I had to find somewhere else to live and it was quite difficult. And I ended up finding I slept on my friend's floor or sofa or something for a couple of weeks. And then I found somewhere. But it was, yeah, it wasn't good. It was basically two rooms. It was one room turned into two rooms. So it's like a, but basically, because of the way the house was, it would have originally been a big living room. With, uh, which I imagine originally was two rooms knocked through into, into making into one room one big room so I know that's what my dad did with the house that I used to live in when I was a kid and then what happened yeah so the There was a door between the two rooms, and it, but it wasn't a proper door. It was more like a like a cupboard door with slats, and it wasn't thick. You know, it was quite a thin door. And although the room was fine, I, I had a double bed. It was, you know, it's quite. A, big enough room for me I could hear very clearly what was going on in the next room and there wasn't anything exciting going on there but snoring was very very heavy snorer now I didn't realise that I was I am as well but nothing like that I've, I've recorded myself snoring because That's the way I roll. That's just, I was born to do stuff like that. Now this man, he was big, strong, big guy. And he snored. 
Ropper, like a walrus snoring. And again, I just I couldn't complain because in reality, if you're asleep, you can't control what you do when you're asleep. That's the way I see it. You know, I, I find it hard not to be logical with stuff like that. It's like, well, I'm asleep. Moan at me for what I do when I'm awake. Well, don't. But you know, if if you you know you got more right for that. But not when I'm asleep. I mean, obviously, if I'm doing particularly weird things, then please tell me <laughs> so I can seek help. But you know, generally. I've never been a like a sleepwalker or anything like that. Just I'm a sleep dreamer. I think I sing in my sleep though. I definitely laugh. The other day I woke up laughing. Proper laughing. Heck, what a great way to wake up. It's a beautiful way. Uh, I talked about the other day um, about getting woken up by laughter but to wake up yourself laughing that's why I kind of I think if nothing else with with women with a, a woman or particular woman whatever the one thing I can offer is a good laugh. And you know, I'll I'll try and do it verbally, I'll try and say silly things and the occasional clever thing, perhaps once a year. And I'll try and you know, I'll try and I'll put, try and make you laugh if you was my girlfriend or uh, whatever. But if all else fails, I just get naked. And that always works. I've never met a woman that hasn't laughed at me naked. And I'm very proud of that fact. And having just said it out loud, it doesn't feel so good. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's not a good thing. Imagine that people that might be like taking this seriously. Well, that's not a good thing, is it? Why would you think? Why would you be pleased and uh, be proud that someone's laughing at your body and <laughs> taking myself seriously? Me, 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 me. Continuously take myself seriously. Me, 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 me. No, it's not. I'm quite a funny. I can't say the word, but. A funny um, romantic encounter, shall we say? I don't know why, but there's something. I think it's like probably a nervous energy, a nervous energy that 
kicks in and I, I become very energetic verbally. Very creative. Which is, you know, it's, it's useful, of course. Andre's just woken up. I can I can hear him. His toenails are catching on the carpet. Just like for a second as he walks across the carpet. So I'm going to have to cut his fingernails again. It's either that or or not do it, I guess. But I think it's. As long as he doesn't... I think he wanted me to do it yesterday. Because he stood. He walked up to me and he just stared at me. So I picked him up. And he laid down on my lap. He just laid there. Which is not something that he normally does. I mean... If you've ever seen a ferret... Like in real life, if you've... Not, it's not like they're dinosaurs or you know it's like rare but they're very wiggly ferrets are wiggly they're, they fall as, they're very they, when they're asleep they, they're still very wiggly very so for him to just lay there and I'm playing with his hands Look at his fingernails, and he's just just lying there, completely still. So he must, well, I'm pretty sure he wanted me to cut his nails, and he was just sort of laying there for me to do it. But I didn't have the clippers on me; they're in the bathroom. And I'm sitting here and I couldn't be bothered to get up. So I'm thinking maybe I need to start keeping the clippers in here. But it was perfect. Like he was just, it was almost, he laid down and went to sleep. And he doesn't do that. It's really rare that he will lay down on me and go to sleep. Suddenly, sometimes he falls asleep when I'm cuddling him. Laying down and falling asleep is something that he might do when I'm playing with his hands and then I'm playing with his feet and then I'm playing with his hands again and I'm stroking his tummy and then, you know, it's almost as if he's being hypnotised really and he's just falling asleep or deeply, deeply relaxed. And sometimes he'll fall asleep. But falling asleep on his back is not a natural position for him to fall asleep because he wouldn't be able to do that in the wild because he'd be vulnerable. You know, showing his tummy and his, you know, his, that's the most vulnerable part of him, of him I guess. 
And when he sleeps on the floor, most of the time, he sleeps on his side, but he's curled up. So he protects his body. Sometimes he just forgets and he's lying on his back with his legs up in the air. <laughs> it was just it's beautiful, beautiful to see. But that's when he's really asleep, but he's used to I mean is this is his this is his home, this is his environment and he knows that he can go to sleep anywhere, which is mainly in the living room. He's got two or three places in the living room he sleeps and then in a bedroom he'll sleep on the bed sometimes or on the floor on some plastic a carrier bag or something but the living room is his main place he sleeps apart from those times when he does spend a lot of time on the bed and he hasn't been doing that lately but he goes through periods when he's just always on the bed including when I'm on the bed just I don't know I think he just he likes to do something different and he just gets used to it and then he wants to do something different again and then he does that for a while I guess it could be a similar situation to eating the same breakfast cereal or eating the same food over and over again and loving it and then eventually not not loving it as much as you used to love it and then perhaps not wanting to ever eat that food again because you've you've overdone it so I'm not really sure how I got to this point how did I get here? I don't mean here in my life. Oh, what I was talking about. Oh yeah, Andre needed his, he needs his fingernails cut. Trimmed. That's it. That's the, that's the bottom line of that story. Yeah. I made a couple of recordings today, earlier. I did a sleep one for the first time in uh, a while. And I did a relaxation hypnosis for stress recording. Um, both of those recordings also had music as well, separately. Like a version with music. So that's four recordings, plus this recording makes five for the day. So I still spent a fair bit of time asleep. Ooh. Also I trimmed my hair with my beard trimmer thing. So I trimmed my beard, shaved, shaved part of it, shaved my neck, shaved and sort of there's a little beard and a little moustache kind of but very thin and very very short and I started to 
protrude my hair on my head as well. But that was a bit more problematic because I think my hair was a little bit too long to be using the beard trimmer. Little, little, little bit too long. Because I could feel the the razor going. It's too long. It's too long, man. Stop it. It's too long. But I can't go to hairdressers because they're mainly closed. Or I just don't want to go and sit in. I'll tell you what, I don't like hairdressers generally but there's the, the Greek is it Greek hairdressers no, they're really good I do like them and there's normally probably four chairs in in the shop and then there's, there's chairs for people to wait as well what I won't never have yet done I don't know, maybe once is sitting in a chair closest to the window I do not want people seeing me I like to be as close to the back of the shop as possible and I'm usually pretty good at getting that but I don't want not sitting in the window no 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 I don't you can't make me I don't want to. Not sitting in a window. No. No. No, no, no. I like to be... It's not about being anonymous necessarily. Just not being stared at, I guess. I've never been a big fan of being stared at. Unless, 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 diddly do, diddly dee. messages I get so much junk mail it's ridiculous ridiculous wow seems like a Sunday today and it's probably well there's a few reasons is the schools are closed I saw someone out today who I don't normally see apart from weekends so I try to avoid them at weekends but 
during the day and it's usually safe to go out but they were there unfortunately so that was a bit weird and then it just even this morning at 6.30 when there's normally sitcoms on TV there was a film some animated thing not quite sure what it was but I didn't watch it but it was an animation it was for young quite young people probably five year olds or whatever so yeah I didn't watch that but for some reason I had this idea that maybe maybe the early morning slots would be changed from young, young Sheldon to something that was better or something that I wanted to watch rather and initially I got excited because I turned the TV on and thought oh it's not on there's something different on ooh then I realised it was a t just a kids film oh so I don't know what's going to be on tomorrow not that it really matters but what I would like to see is I don't know if I told you this it's a TV show that I used to watch uh, there's a TV channel called CCX TV okay That's what I don't understand. It's it's annoying, okay, because I'm gonna click onto it. I watched a TV program last week called The Fear. And it's a TV show that I absolutely loved back in nineteen eighty eight. And it was one of my favourite TV shows of all time. Which might sound weird. But the fact is, it's just not, they're just not showing it. They showed it last week, the first episode, and I'm looking through the week, this week, and there's nothing. So I thought it might they might show it and then the next day they'll show it. Nothing. I'm like, okay. Alright. But still nothing. And that's very annoying. Particularly because I want to watch it. 
Never the twain to fear. Oh. <laughs> wow, 28th of December. But this is number three. Number three out of five. What about number two? When was number two on? So I'm looking at it and it's this is Tuesday. So Wednesday. Nope, nothing. Thursday. Nope. Friday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, Saturday, not one, two, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if I click on that, I'm confused and I really love the TV show and it's not been on, as far as I'm aware, they've not shown it on British television since 1988. It's like 32 years and it's one of the best TV shows I ever watched the one of the ones that I enjoyed the most and I thought that it would be dated having I came over it um, last week and it was just on it was like Wow, no, because I was looking at the, the the thing. I thought, no, it won't be that show, surely. And it was. I was so excited. Like, I missed the first probably twenty five minutes, so I didn't get to see it right from the beginning. But still, it's like wow. And unless last week was number two. Yeah. And I did think, oh, it would be dated. Well, I did worry that it would be dated because, you know, you watch something now from, like, the late 80s, 
very different. People needed to make a phone call. They went to the phone box, telephone box, or they, you know, they didn't have mobile phones, the general public, in 1988, not in my country anyway. There was no internet. There was none of the... It's just different times. And... What I didn't realise is a few things. Uh, some of the characters in the show went on to be stars, like TV stars. And I was like, wow, I didn't, because at the time I didn't know who they were, because they weren't famous. And then they went on. One went on to be in a TV show called Soldier, Soldier. And then went on to be a singer with his partner, who was in a Soldier, Soldier. And then ended up starring in the Game of Thrones. I say ended up. I mean, it's still going. But what I didn't realise, there's another one that was in... Uh, Eldorado TV show called Eldorado but it was also in lots of other TV shows as well and then the star of the fear the main star I couldn't believe it yeah genuinely couldn't believe it I'll tell you who he is right let me tell you who he is Fear, nineteen eighty eight. Okay. Ian Glenn. You might think, well, who's Ian Glenn? Well, let me tell you who Ian Glenn is. You ready? You ready? You ready? There we go. He is, they say he's best known. He, but now, Sir Jorah Mormont. Game of Thrones. Sir Jorah Mormont. And he was in loads of episodes of Game of Thrones and I couldn't believe could not believe it that he was the same person because he's 59 now so he's 59 I was 18, actually I was 17, when I watched that show in 88, so he would have been 27, 28 I guess, 27, when he made that TV show. I think he looks younger, and I think his character is younger, or only like early 20s, 
But here's something else I didn't realise. The other star of the TV show, I think it must have been his wife in it, is Susanna Harker. And... Her and Ian Glenn got married. They got married. 1993. So it was long after they appeared together in that particular television show. But I want to find out now. I'm interested. He's been in loads of things. Ian, Alan, Sutherland, Glenn. Career, per... Where's his personal life? Normally they have a personal life section. Oh. That's weird. Well, it's not that I want to know all about his personal life. It's just, I mean, no, actually I do want to know everything. Every single thing. When's the last time he had piles? So I'm just, I wonder if he got together with his wife on, he was in Tomb Raider, he was in Song Song for a Raggy Boy, okay, and Kick-Ass 2. So lots of different things, but more bigger for me. He was in Taggart in 1986, but he was in The Fear. Only five episodes, still, even though it's dated, but then everything's dated, you know, in the sense of, it has a date on it, I suppose, but it was different times but it's still got the same atmosphere it's still it's a great TV show if you google The Fear 1988 the eight, that's just the year it's not called The Fear 1988 because there is a TV show called The Fear that was recent so if you just put in The Fear that other TV show will come up just realised he was also Jack Taylor I was going to say maybe he starred in The Fear a later thing but I just remembered that there's no way he could have done so it was great show and then of course Game of Thrones 52 episodes of the Game of Thrones so Jorah Mormont he was also in 6 episodes of Downton Abbey he was Sir Richard Carlyle 
clever man who was in 12 episodes of that delicious or delicious 12 episodes of that show that TV show brilliant but Game of Thrones I guess as far as hugeness but then you could say Downton Abbey because Game of Thrones may have been like huge but Downton Abbey was also huge wasn't it worldwide massive I mean, I imagine the amount of money that they spent on Game of Thrones with all the special effects and everything that Downton Abbey probably made more money. I might be wrong. But, <laughs> there's only one way to find out. I better ask. Which TV show made more money, Downton Abbey or Game of Thrones? Downton Abbey by the numbers, farewell to multi-million dollar dynasty. Uh, top 10, Downton Abbey. This is this is one of the things that I find a bit silly. Uh, Game of Thrones or Downton Abbey? Which do you prefer? This 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 pointless. There's a pointless thing. I mean, they're not comparable, are they? Two different, completely different things. What show is as good as Downton Abbey? Outlander, Poldark, Call of Midwife. To be fair, they're all quite similar, in a sense. There used to be a program called uh, Upstairs Downstairs in the 70s, possibly the 80s. Very popular, very English. And that, you could say that Downton Abbey was kind of a much bigger... version of that show in a way the whole kind of the you know the story of the not necessarily royalty but you know the people with the money and then the servants and the help downstairs and the lives and how they intermingle not that I've really watched Downton Abbey, but I think I should. It's one of those TV shows that... I watched the first episode ever, because I was at my dad's for Christmas. So this is back in whatever year Downton Abbey started. Let me have a look what year that was. I'd be interested to know. 
Downtown Abbey. Downtown Abbey. Downtown, downtown Abbey. The first series aired on ITV 26 December 2010. I'm sure I watched the first ever episode in December. Broadcasts. Oh, maybe I didn't. Maybe it already started and I was just watching the Christmas edition. Just shows what I know, doesn't it? So, yeah, I watched that. I wouldn't have watched it. And it's good. I mean, it's the production quality is amazing. And, yeah, but, yeah, period dramas are not really my thing. It's just two words that I really like. I don't, I try not to have anything to do with it in, in general life. Periods and drama. I just, I'm not, I don't, it's not that I dislike Drama because sometimes it's brilliant, but period, you know, all the dressing up in you know that stuff in the past. I don't know, not necessarily my my tastes, uh, particularly always. Yet, yeah, it can be interesting. There's just too many TV shows to watch. I'm trying to decide what to watch next. And I'm watching the why is it the Wildings or the Wilders or the Wild, which is on Amazon. It's about some girls that get uh, drifted up on a beach and they're sort of trying to survive. And see, I've, I was watching that. I've seen about three episodes of that. But in a way, they took away the. You know, we've lost. I mean, this isn't a TV show like Lost, but the similarities of being, you know, being in a plane and then drifting up on a beach on a tropical island or whatever in the middle of nowhere with other people so there's a similarity but we've lost you never knew what was going to happen <clears throat> including at the end you just didn't know what was going to happen with this they although you don't know what's going to happen necessarily 
they show their cards before the event so it's almost you know that something's going to happen but you don't know how it's going to happen yeah so it's, it's kind of really clever I guess on that side it, it does things differently does things differently which can be frustrating as well as invigorating at the same time so that's it I'll get a go so thank you very much for listening remember to be kind to yourself because you deserve to be happy lots of love